today on Owl Have You Know. When I saw the results and started talking to our user base, both on the encouragement receiver side and the sender side, that I knew that this was not a project that we were just going to see what happens. It, it For me, it was a point of no return. Welcome back to Owl Have You Know. This is your host, David Drew Gleaver. I'm on the line here with Charlie Donaldson. Charlie is a Rice MBA class of 2009, the professional program and also the CEO of Donation Scout and Caring Bands. So serial entrepreneur here. So I'm sure there's a great story to unpack. So first and foremost, Charlie, thank you for coming on to Owl Have You Know. Thank you, David, for having me. I, I appreciate it. Look forward to the, the conversation. Absolutely. And you have a lot to talk about. And so we can harbor cruise things or, or deep dive or... So why did you choose to go to Rice. Why did you get your MBA? Can you talk us through that journey and how that impacted your life going forward? Sure, absolutely. So let's see, way back when, um, 2007 is when I started my MBA career. And I guess before that, made the decision with my wife that that was going to be a part of the journey that was important for us. And at the time, I my background was was largely in, in finance. Um, I had spent uh, let's see, at that time, about five years, um, mostly in investment banking. And what um, what I became really interested in along the way was, uh, was investment management and investing. Uh, the Rice MBA program was really a way for me to, uh, to, you know, hone those, those skills from an academic perspective and, um, and really, um, you know, put myself in a, in a, in a great position to really career switch, um, if, if that makes sense. And so, and that's, that's, that's absolutely what it did. So you wanted to hone your skills in, in finance and banking and also change the trajectory of your career as well. Did that switch involve say going deeper into finance or completely just jettisoning the finance background for something completely different? Right. So at, at the time, um, my my focus was in in finance and in capital markets. Um, so in hindsight, uh, you know, I I have a lot of regret in that because I didn't um, you know take you know Napier's class and another entrepreneur entrepreneurship classes that so many of my um, alumni friends um, rave about over the years. Um, so I was I was you know in the right fund. Um, I was taking, you know, fixed income simulation, everything and anything, finance, capital markets, um, you know, I would take. In fact, my second year, I really went almost full time. Um, there were there were several electives during the day that um, that I that I wanted to take and, and made a decision to kind of go part time at my at my current job so that I could do that. And um, and that was really all for you know, putting myself in the best position to, to really career, career switch the way I wanted to. And so, um, after, after I graduated, uh, in 2009, I went to work for JP Morgan's private bank, um, where I spent the next five years uh, managing money for, for wealthy and, and ultra high net worth individuals. Mm, sounds like a blast. <laughs> I actually ran away from finance as quickly as possible. I mean, I love money as much as the next, you know, Rice MBA person. And also it's like, oh, interesting. So this can fund a lot of other uh, 
interesting endeavors and efforts. So um, clearly that ended up leading to your starting your own company. So what was that decision process like when you eventually left finance and JP Morgan? And what were you thinking about? What was your thought process when you wanted to start your own companies? For so long, I had uh, kind of put myself in the in the finance capital markets bucket rather and 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 it was really over that that five year period at JP Morgan where um, I realized that um, you know and uh, you know a career in uh, investment sales or you know any any of the other areas that I spent time in uh, really wasn't gonna be the thing that that makes me fulfilled from a career perspective and and really that's when kind of the entrepreneurial itch uh, really started to to get stronger, you know, over that period of time. And almost to the point where I felt like in that, really that last year, um, I, you know, it, it, it produced so much anxiety just knowing that I wasn't where I needed to be. And, and that's really what kind of got the wheels turning in terms of, you know, going out on my own. And really at the time I didn't have a, uh, an idea or a, a business in mind that I wanted to pursue. It was just um, I knew I I knew I needed to be out there on my own. And really, the first the first way I did that was still somewhat related to what I had been doing. I actually created a um, an an investment advisory uh, company that I that I still that I still am involved in. Um, and really, that wasn't my entrepreneurial thing, right? I, I that wasn't going to you know scratch the itch, but it was an easy way for me to step out into the world. Um, into the entrepreneurial world with some risk mitigation, uh, if you will. And so the hope there was, you know, that I would, you know, one, continue to work with interesting people that were doing interesting and entrepreneurial things, but also have capacity to explore some ideas of my own. And, and that's what ultimately led to, you know, two um, startups that I spend, you know, the vast majority of my time on right now, Donation Scout and Caring Band you know, both in the technology space, which, you know, you know, you know, we just talked about my kind of financial background and, and focus for the prior 10 years. Um, so being kind of a tech entrepreneur certainly came out of left field and not something that I uh, had ever envisioned myself. But now being, you know, several years into it, uh, it's it's absolutely where I needed to be. Yeah, I have a lot to ask about that. The, one of the things that comes up is is the skill sets that were evolving and maturing and refactoring throughout this process. So the skills that are needed for finance uh, clearly are different than standing up a company or even an advisory company and then you know various entrepreneurial activities. So what did the evolution of your skills look like and were there some skills that were maybe unexpectedly uh, tapped into as you started to start your own companies and do your own ventures outside of big corporate that perhaps surprised you, or maybe you thought, man, if only I could have used this skill before, maybe that could have changed a lot of things for the better. I guess from the the skill that I, I really never, I'd say knew was there, um, never got a chance to really exercise uh, while in, you know, the various, you know, finance careers that I was in, um, was really on the creative side, right? I mean, you know, and, and, and that also goes with, you know, working, you know, in large corporations, um, 
while there are certainly job functions that that do get to express that creativity, um, I, I never felt like I was in one uh, one of those. And so that's 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 something I get to do on a daily basis now. And and I've learned um, that I'm actually pretty good at it. And so now, you know, had I understood that and was able to do that in finance, I don't I, I don't know if that would have changed anything. I'm pretty sure it would not have. Um, but I, I, I think that I draw more from that experience, you know, over that kind of 10 year period, um, you know, from a from a leadership perspective, you know, in the various companies that I worked with, um, you know, I, I tended to climb through the ranks, you know, pretty quickly and managed people, um, you know, a, a, as part of that. Um, that's been uh, helpful, obviously, in in starting companies from scratch. Um, also with, um, you know, just relationship building. You know, with um, within the wealth management space, that's that's really a lot of what we did, and um, and that's something that I that I do on a daily basis, whether it's with Donation Scout or or uh, Caring Band, it's earning the trust, you know, through the the stakeholders and you know strategic partners and potential customers that we're that we're talking to on a daily basis, um, and that's something that I felt like I um, that I came into this world with a with a pretty sharp skill set on how to do that effectively. That's fascinating. I really geek out on trust because just being in sales or building my own projects and just seeing the business world, uh, the power of building trust is so it's gosh, it is so key and, and all solid relationships are, are built upon that. So I definitely want to hear more about that with donation scout and caring band. Could my understanding, of course, I don't want to steal any of your thunder, and these are very, uh, it's focused on the community or the community building aspect, um, nonprofits, um, helping people to feel better. So in your own words, Charlie, um, what is the value proposition? And, and you can pick either one or deep dive into one if you want. Um, but what is the value proposition for either Caring Band or Donation Scout? Really, the mission of Caring Band is to maximize the frequency of encouragement for anyone going through a difficult time. And we do that by providing that person's um, network uh, an easy way for them to let them know just how often that they come across their mind. And so, you know, I know we've talked a little bit about Caring Band, but just for the, the listeners. Um, so Caring Band is a emotional support platform and it combines a wearable, which is a Bluetooth connected, just simple notification bracelet that pulses and lights up anytime an encouraging message is received on the Caring Band app. And so on the app, um, you know, that that person's network or virtual support network, if you will, um, within just a couple of taps on their smartphone, they can send preset messages like I'm thinking of you or I love you or I'm praying for you and and do that as often as the as that person comes across their mind. I think when people think about wearables, they think of their Apple Watch or their Fitbit something like that that can maybe measure physical activity it's focused on pretty much you for the most part and so so the obvious question here is where did the idea for caring bands um, come out of did it solve a problem that you were working through or someone that was in your orbit like how did the inspiration for this land on you yeah so it was actually my wife's idea and it was it was really on the back of her mother's battle with, with cancer, thankfully a successful one. And, and through that experience, uh, my wife, Lindsay, just realized that, that, you know, going through that, there wasn't a way for her to let her mom know 
just how often she came across her mind. And of course they would, you know, they would call and she would text and, you know, they would communicate in traditional ways. Um, and she would do that pretty often, but, but, but they weren't, you know, from a frequency standpoint, nothing compared to the amount of times that, that her mom crossed her mind. And she just thought that there should be an easy way for her mom to know just how often she's thought about and how much she's loved. And that was really how Caring Band came, came to be. And, and frankly, when Lindsay told me about the idea, I immediately got it and I understood it. But I was like, look, there is absolutely no, um, no way that we are suited to really bring this idea to life. And so you know, for the next several weeks, um, if not more, I, I kind of was crossing my fingers, hoping she would forget about the idea. But I'm so thankful that that Lindsay pushed me to kind of get off zero and start having conversations, which is kind of the first step. I started talking to people in my network, um, a lot of my rice friends who were technologists and who had done things like this. It ultimately got me comfortable with the idea that that we could actually pull it off. And so what Lindsay and I committed to doing is, is putting out a, a proof of concept or, you know, we actually did a little bit more. We, we kind of went, you know, we put to get, put out a really nice um, MVP or minimum viable product, both on the, the, um, the wearable side and the app, you know, for me, that was still, Hey, let's, we committed to doing this and where it goes, who knows, but, um, but it was still very much, um, you know, a wait and see kind of thing for me personally. It wasn't until we launched our our first beta test in 2019, the summer of 2019, where for me, when I saw the results and started talking to our user base, both on the encouragement receiver side and the sender side, that I knew that this was not a project that, you know, we were, we were just going to see what happens. It, it, for me, it was a point of no return. And so really since then, I've been committed to bringing Caring Band to life. And so that anyone that needs that extra emotional support going through a difficult time um, can have access to a higher frequency. Be silly to not touch on how COVID and the pandemic has potentially brought this or impacted this project. Um, I'm even folks close to me had spent days or weeks in quarantine floors in the hospital or going through surgeries or pregnancies where no one else can be close to them. So is there a story there that that you could share or otherwise point to some examples where carrying band was um, made that much more impactful because of, say, having to quarantine or any other kind of similar situation like that? Absolutely. I mean, there there have been dozens of stories that we've heard directly from our user base, um, from them personally and their families, you know, over the, the last, you know, several months. Um, one of which comes to mind was, um, this was back in the spring of this year, where a little boy was kind of battling for his life in, in, um, uh, in the hospital. And you know, as we all know, the COVID protocols or have heard of them, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, you can't have any visitors um, for that case. You know, they did allow a, a parent to be there, but, but, you know, in terms of the people that could be with him, um, you know, certainly was restricted um, due to COVID. And so over um, about a three week period, 
um, his his mom did a phenomenal job of rallying troops on her social platforms. And so he had about 700 and it was almost 750 people downloaded the app, the Caring Band app to support him. And over a course of a three and a half week period, he received over 6,000 encouraging messages on the Caring Band platform. And, and actually after that first week of, of him um, coming on board, which, you know, immediately got my attention because I, I see when, um, when, you know, the, the caring bands are connected uh, to the platform and I can see, um, you know, the downloads that, that happen as a result of that. And I can see who, who's sending the messages. So, so this user experience caught my attention because we had never had that virality or we'd never seen that virality before in caring band. Um, and I was really thankful that his mom reached out to me about a week into their uh, their journey um, and and asked to to talk on the phone. And so I actually um, had the opportunity to speak with um, with the mom and the child while they're in the hospital. and um, and it was a great conversation. They, you know, obviously it's it's great hearing um, from you know people that are using your product and that are telling you how much they love it. Um, but it was also a, a great session for them to give feedback. Uh, which was hugely valuable. And, um, and so that, that's, that's, you know, one of many experiences that, um, that keep, keep me going every day. Uh, at, you know, as you can imagine, you know, startups are hard and, and hardware startups are even harder, <laughs> I think. And so there's lots of peaks and valleys and, um, but when I get into a valley, that's, you know, that's more prolonged than, uh, then I'd like, you know, I, I think about those stories and thinking about, you know, how impactful that the Caring Man platform um, is and continues to be for families like the one I just mentioned. That's an amazing story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And on going back to the mission and this last question on, on carrying bands and gosh, I really wish this, <laughs> we had a couple more hours here, but last question on, on carrying band is, you, you know, the mission with, inside of maximizing frequency of encouragement for anyone going through a difficult time, as you said, that that's obviously, you know, pretty broad market. I was pre it's pretty much the entire planet essentially, you know, so what's the sort of magic wand future state of carrying band? Where, where would you like to see carrying bands? You know, if you just pulled out your magic wand and said, like, <laughs> and I was able to get this out to the world. What does that look like for you? I think long-term, um, I, I would love Caring Band to be synonymous with with encouraging others, and um, and 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 even even a platform that 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 goes goes away from you know when people think about Caring Band right now they think about the Caring Band the like the the, the actual physical band, but when we came up with the idea of the Caring Band uh, name and brand, it was really more of a a band of support like a band of brothers, and so. Um, that's when I think about caring ban is going beyond the healthcare space and, and those that are in hospitals. I think that will always be a focus and we always want to do justice by that user base. But I think it's like to your point, you know, who doesn't need extra encouragement, right? And if there was a way for us to help change behaviors of those like us that like I, I think about, you know, I think about so many people in my life on a daily basis that I don't let them know. Um, because of a lot of different reasons, but if there was a way, um, you know, through something like the carrying band platform that, you know, if I'm, you know, I've got a 
you know, a, a free second and I've got my phone with me, which I always do most like everyone else. Um, and with the touch of a button, I can let that person know that, Hey, I'm just, I'm, I just want to let you know, I'm thinking about you. Right. And so I think long-term it would be super cool if caring band could, could, um, kind of penetrate that market of that broad user base of, of just that extra medium of, um, of emotional support. Love that. I would, I would have to switch gears, I think, at this point to Donation Scout. <laughs> and so, um, you know, maybe we sort of go through this expeditiously. But th this one is a little less intuitive to me just because I haven't been in the restaurant or fundraising space. So similar question with Donation Scout. You know, the, what was the source of inspiration or the pain that was being solved? And, you know, what's sort of the state of the union, you know, in terms of, of how you help with fundraising and restaurants and community building? Sure, sure. Yeah. So Donation Scout's a very different project than Caring Band, uh, but one I'm, I'm also passionate about. And it comes from, you know, solving a problem that I experienced firsthand um, in the restaurant industry. One of the kind of entrepreneurial things I've done over the last seven years um, is, in the, is in the restaurant space. Um, we had some ownership in um, in several um, uh, restaurants in Houston, and we were trying to do something extremely difficult, which was bring a new concept into a major market like Houston, Texas. And you know, as probably most of the listeners um, are from Houston, you know that from a from a restaurant consumer standpoint, it's it's phenomenal, right? I mean, there's restaurant options, you know, galore. And, um, and so that makes it really nice from a consumer standpoint, but it, it's really difficult from an operator standpoint because there's so much competition. And so restaurants are constantly looking for ways to differentiate. And, and one of the ones that we really focused on was community involvement, right? We wanted to increase our, um, our awareness in the community as a fundraiser friendly restaurant and, and a restaurant that gives back. So we started doing these spirit nights or give back nights, um, which are pretty common. It's, there's, it's not a, anything new. It's, they've been around for decades, but we started doing those and, you know, working with, you know, elementary school PTOs and high school bands and churches and little leagues and things like that. Um, and that was a really great way for us to, you know, one, introduce ourselves to the community, um, and also in, in give back, but also it's a great business. I mean, it's a great revenue generator, right? You're bringing in new feet through the door. Those, um, those opportunities a lot of times are turning into catering. So it's, it's, it is really a win-win and it's kind of a holy grail in terms of marketing because it doesn't cost you anything and you can see the ROI. The problem is it's really difficult to scale those initiatives with, without technology. Um, one of the things my wife helped with was managing our, our kind of fundraiser program across our, you know, locations. And, you know, that involved email text, you know, with these volunteers and going back and forth on scheduling and things like that and, and helping them with marketing, you know, creative flyers and lots of administrative things. And so, um, you know, ultimately when we really decided to, to, to make this a bigger initiative to where we were trying to do multiple events a week, you know, at each of our locations, there was no way to do it without technology. So I had a, a longtime friend of mine who is a brilliant full stack developer uh, put together a prototype for me so that we could use in our restaurants. And it ended up being such a robust um, prototype, probably even beyond prototype. We started to talk to others, other my network in the others in my network in the restaurant industry. 
and um and all that all that said we decided to 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 make a go at it as a as an enterprise you know software startup and so our value proposition there with donation scout is we help restaurants scale their community fundraiser efforts so we we eliminate you know virtually all of the administrative burden we help restaurants you know manage the entire process from scheduling through you know reminder emails calendar invites automated marketing flyer generation um you know we even help them you know facilitate payment so restaurants they don't have to you know write checks or cut checks you know that go to these organizations they can actually pay online through our platform and so it's been a really great you know experience we've been working on this for a couple of years um you know un- unfortunately the the backdrop of the of the covid environment and what that what that's done to the restaurant industry is has been um, uh, somewhat of a headwind, but um, but we're thankful that we've got you know we've got several brands um, that have um, that have trusted us to power their fundraiser community platforms, and um, and it's really starting to work now that uh, the COVID trends are cooperating and restaurants are are finding ways to to work around that. They're going back and they're really focusing on um, you know a lot of them are focusing refocusing on community involvement. And um, and we're happy to help them them do that at scale. You got ahead of me. I was going to ask what some of the challenges were, but that that was a well articulated one. And the other thing, as I was listening to you, you're making me want to start a restaurant, you know, because it makes owning a restaurant, operating one, so much more um, synergized with with the community and and um, what they're going about doing. It's not just about serving food, but it's about connecting people. So. Um, I absolutely love that. Um, so to, to kind of pivot and maybe try to bring everything together, I, I think one of the things that folks might be asking about is, okay, you have two different companies. Um, you still have your advisory company going. So how do you think about, as an entrepreneur, how do you think about prioritizing this portfolio of efforts and and companies that you're you're running and relationships that you're building how do you think about that going forward where you put your energy time and focus do you you know do you just keep muscling in and put in more effort do you hire people do you you know outsource some stuff um how do you go about um interweaving your efforts in these various projects now and going forward yeah uh, honestly david i mean that that's something i think about constantly and i and i try to have routine honest conversations with myself on when is it time to outsource myself <laughs> right right now right now i feel like um i'm not spreading myself too thin i'm not dropping any balls and and really in in startup land um you know the the founders the founders need to do things that don't scale right you need to you know do the experiments like for example with donation scout you know, I'm experimenting on lots of different, you know, types of, you know, sales strategies and, and what's going to fill the pipeline, you know, more efficiently. Um, and I feel like once, once that is determined, then, um, then I can start hiring, you know, a sales force and a customer success folks that, that can articulate that strategy. But right now I feel like it's more prudent for me, um, you know, to walk, to walk those experiments through. 
And it's more, I, I believe it's more fruitful because no one tells the story like I do. No one has more passion in the project than I do. And so um, I feel like it, you know, the way I'm spending my time um, is, 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 is prudent. Um, and then the same thing with, with caring band, I'm pretty confident there's going to come a day where I cannot, um, I, I cannot do justice by either or both of these concepts in terms of their full potential as products. Right. And that's, that's when I need to take a backseat and either hire that, that person or persons that, that can do justice, um, and, and be there as, you know, you know, as, as a, as a shepherd or guide, however you want to call it. But, but, um, but knowing when, when it's time to, to kind of step aside or, or tap others for help, I think is, is something, you know, hugely important with all founders and, and something that I'm, you know, I'm very mindful of. I may have to pick your brain on that here, just around the corner. Um, so final couple points here. Um, definitely want to give some time for call to action and, and maybe a, I'll have, you know, you know, moment or factoid you'd like to share that uh, um, maybe you haven't shared before. Charlie, um, how would you like folks that are tuning in to uh, either learn more about Donation Scout occurring bands or just you personally? Uh, how can folks connect with you or otherwise support your mission? Uh, LinkedIn's probably the best way. I'd love to. I'd love to connect with anyone that has interest in in either companies or just um, would like to talk about my journey. Or I'm. I think one of the things that I that I've gotten a lot better over the years is um, is is genuine networking, and um, and I, I love talking to other entrepreneurs. Um, that's something that I would do every day of the week if I could. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd love, I, I welcome any conversations and any connections in that regard. Um, I, I would say, you know, from a, from an ask standpoint, um, in the, the long term for Caring Band, um, it needs to be a funded company. And, and that's, that's something we've, we've kind of relied, you know, so far on bootstrapping some friends and family. Um, and, you know, I think would, what I would welcome is anyone kind of in this audience that, you know, would have, you know, the ability to, you know, make connections or, you know, advice on, okay, you know, this is caring band today. Um, you know, what does it look like, you know, to be a, you know, a funded hardware startup company? Um, you know, any conversations in that regard, you know, would be hugely welcomed uh, and appreciated. And so, um, I, I think I would just leave it, leave it with that open, open ask of anyone that, that might be able to help in that regard would be uh, hugely helpful for me. And the websites are pretty easy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Carryingband.com to learn more about Carryingband and also donationscout.com. Okay. And uh, all right, pick your poison here. Um, so any uh, interesting factoids that uh, maybe you haven't shared with folks or that otherwise might be humorous um, or maybe a, a reveal in the future of something that uh, is unexpected that you're working on. Uh, again, in the spirit of I'll have, you know, <laughs> that you'd like to share. You know, actually I, I will, this is, this is probably not um, what, what's customary, but um, I will tell you a story I, I heard recently that really resonated me with me as a, a startup founder. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a story about a woman um, named Florence Chadwick and she was a um, competitive swimmer 
um, in the middle 1900s. I think she was the first woman that's, that swam the English Channel um, in both directions, um, which obviously is a huge feat. Um, her, one of her next challenges was swimming from Catalina Island to the coast of California. In these type of swimming, you know, challenges, um, you can have people that trail you in boats, but they can't talk to you. They can't help you at all. They're really just there for safety. In this particular swim from Catalina, I think she was, I don't know, 14 or 15 hours into it and a heavy fog set over over the water, uh, so much to where she lost senses and, and visibility. And um, ultimately she got back in the boat uh, because she just, she she lost all everything, right? Come to find out she was a mile from shore and how you know frustrating and devastating that would have been knowing that you were almost there. Um, so I, I heard that a, a few weeks ago and I, I really, that really resonated with me as kind of a startup because a lot of times like we don't, you, you can't tell if you're on the five yard line about the score or you're on the other five yard line, you've got the whole field to go. Um, but what we do have is the, uh, the ability to, to talk to talk to people that have been where you are. Um, so you can talk to those people on the boat. And so anyway, that, I heard that story, like I said, and it's really stuck with me. And I think about that in, you know, especially being a solopreneur um, on the carrying band side, you know, lots of peaks and, and valleys. And so in those valleys, um, that's when I really challenge myself to, to talk to others and it, and it helps immensely. So that's a beautiful story, Charlie. And, and you've shared many beautiful stories uh, today. That's why I absolutely love talking to entrepreneurs. So I love what you're doing. Um, we'll, we'll put the the notes to your various efforts here in in the podcast notes for people to, to access. So, uh, Charlie, I know there's so much that we could talk about today, but I have tremendous respect for what you're doing, how you're helping people and communities, and we need more people like you, man. So hats off to you. Kudos and great job, sir. Appreciate that, David. I pre- and also, thanks for having me. This was great. This has been I'll Have You Know. Thanks for listening. You can find links and more information about our guests, hosts, and announcements on our website, business.rice.edu. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts and leave us a comment while you're at it. Let us know what you think. I'll Have You Know is a production of Rice Business and is sponsored by the Rice Business Alumni Board. The hosts of I'll Have You Know are myself, Christine Dobbin, and David Drew Gleaver. 